and welcome to another edition of the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. Once again, I'm senior editor of WildcatAuthority.com, Jason Shear, and uh, th- this one feels a little different. This week, we're gonna we're gonna take a look at the Arizona Texas Tech game. Uh, should be a good one. Seen a lot of lot of interesting takes, but uh, before we get started with with the actual in depth analysis, I think one thing. Uh, that I feel comfortable saying is that this is the biggest game of the year. And and I fully acknowledge that it's only the third game of the year. Um, a lot can happen between now and the end of the season, but it just feels like the overall trajectory of the program as it is this season, um, it's very dependent on what we see this weekend. And, you know, I'm not saying if Arizona loses to Texas Tech, the whole season's over, the program's in shambles, etc. It just feels like a bigger game to me. Um, the Hawaii game, season opener, Arizona lost, uh, NAU, easy win. This is the game that if Arizona loses, there's really no conceivable way they're making a bowl game. And they may not make a bowl game even if they win, but... If they lose this game, it's just hard to see a scenario that gives them enough wins to make a bowl game. Now, if they do win, all of a sudden they have two wins. They have a bye week. Uh, they welcome UCLA to home in a game that they should be favored in. And all of a sudden, they're looking to go 3-1, to 3-1, and one, and, and things look a little bit different as opposed to losing a game, going into a bye week similar to what we saw uh, with Hawaii. Everyone's got a bad feeling about the program. You'll welcome UCLA and another bad team, and, and the, no one's in the stands, etc. So I think overall, it's a big game for the program, and I, and I think that there's some individuals that it's a big game for. Uh, the first one that comes to mind is Arizona defensive coordinator Marcel Yates. I think it's a huge game for Marcel Yates. I had someone ask me the other day, I've had a few people ask me actually, how many points does Arizona need to give up to get Marcel Yates fired? Uh, and it's it's a crappy question, but that's just the way that people view Arizona's defense right now is if they give up X amount of points, is that the end of Marcel Yates? And my answer was, I, I don't think that there's a point total. Maybe there is. Maybe if Arizona lets up, you know, 63 points, Arizona decides to move on. Kevin Sullivan decides to move on from Marcel Yates. Um, but I don't necessarily think that is likely. Uh, it's, is there a small possibility? Sure. But I think when you look at the defensive coaching staff, um, there's not that clear cut guy to promote for a defensive coordinator. No one on the defense has called plays at this level before. And I think that's part of the hesitancy mixed in with the fact that this is the last year of his contract and someone may just say, Hey, let's play out the whole thing. But that's more big picture. I, I think, Kind of going back to the Texas Tech game, this game is a big reason, uh, a big deal, sorry, for, for Marcel Yates for a variety of reasons. Number one, he hears it. He hears the noise. There's no doubt in my mind that Marcel Yates has heard what people are saying about him, that they say he's not the guy for the job, Arizona needs to move on, etc. He knows that his defense has underperformed this season. He also knows that it's a long season. If Arizona performs well defensively against Texas Tech, um, no one's really talking about Hawaii anymore, and, and rightfully so. I mean, you could point and say, hey, look, it got us a couple games to get started, blah, 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 but we played our best defense when it mattered most against Texas Tech. And he, and he could at least have something to build on, something that uh, an optimism surrounding the defense going into a bye week, so at least for two weeks you could feel better about Arizona's defense. 
Uh, it also, you know, Marcel Yates has called good games. It's not like he's, you know, he hasn't called good games before, but uh, a lot of the games that he has struggled in are games against offenses similar to Texas Tech, the Hawaii's and Washington States of the world. I mean, he's called some some bad games, and Arizona's had some really bad defensive games against Washington State. A uh, little different offense than, than what we'll see this weekend, Washington State has, but still kind of similar in concepts. And, and there's big decisions that Marcel Yates has to make. And, and the first decision is, hey, look, when we play Texas Tech, are we going to rush three and drop guys and try to confuse them? Are we going to blitz them and say, hey, you know, I trust my guys to make that initial tackle? Are they going to mix it up? Are they going to play zone? Are they going to play man? Uh, it is it is a, a lot to handle because Texas Tech's offense is unique because the way that it has been under Matt Wells, and of course it's only two games in the season, maybe they change that, but Matt Wells and David Yost aren't like Cliff Kingsbury in the sense where they are absolutely willing to establish the run in the game. Uh, they've ran 30 times, I believe, total, maybe a little more, uh, com- combined 70s times around there for the first two games. They have no issues running the ball. And what decision Marcel Yates has to make is when you take a look at what Arizona does defensively, if Arizona rushes three and Texas Tech rushes the ball and establishes the run, Arizona's in deep trouble. If Arizona blitzes, there's a chance that Texas Tech just picks it apart with those quick screens that they like to do, the bubbles, uh, the motion, and things like that, and then Arizona's in trouble that way. So it's really going to be interesting to see the defensive game plan that Yates comes up with. I'm of the opinion, if I was a defense coordinator, that it's difficult to give any quarterback time. I think it is almost impossible to win a football game giving an opposing quarterback time. Um, unless you're just completely overmatched in talent, similar to like an Arizona NAU situation. Uh, Alan Bowman is a Texas Tech quarterback. He is a very good quarterback. Uh, He's broken records. He threw for 600 yards against the same Houston team that blew out Arizona last season. There is quality with Alan Bowman. He he is a good quarterback. Uh, David Yost, the Texas Tech offensive coordinator, trusts him quite a bit. He's a guy where he's going to give Arizona fits. Okay, He is no slouch by any means, one of the better quarterbacks uh, that Arizona will face. With that being said, he's not Trevor Lawrence. I mean, the, the kid's human. Uh, he, he played very poorly against West Virginia last season, 9 for 20. He threw three picks at Iowa State, uh, which was a solid team, but you know, not you know one of the top five teams in the country or something like that. Albert Bowman is, is human. He completes the ball at a, at a 70% clip so far this season because they get him working early. They have not gone with the deep ball. Um, that will change this weekend if Arizona plays man. I guarantee you Texas Tech is going to try to go over the top and test those Arizona safeties. Texas Tech isn't even hiding that strategy. It's something that they've openly talked about in practice, about looking more for the for the big play. And, and so... You know, it's kind of a pick your poison. Does Arizona blitz Bowman and hope that it can get to him? Or does it blitz Bowman if it gets caught up? Uh, they're in deep, deep trouble defensively. Or does it drop uh, eight and, and, and rush three and, and kind of see if it can confuse Bowman and keep the, the Texas Tech receivers in front of them and, and take away that big play? It, it's not an easy decision. And I'm not even talking about Marcia. I don't think it's an easy decision for any 
defensive coordinator when you play a team like that it's hard to figure out how to attack it the ways that Arizona has attacked it in the past hasn't worked so to me one of the bigger storylines is is simply coaching how will Arizona line up defensively will they play the third linebacker will they go with Colin Schooler Tony Fields and Anthony Pandy uh, Kevin Sumlin has mentioned in the past possibly starting Bobby Wolf at corner, Lorenzo Burns at the other corner, and putting Jace Whitaker in the slot in order to slow down the passing game. That could be something that we see this weekend. There are a lot of questions on the defensive side of the ball, personnel and scheme-wise, and I don't want to say and, and narrow the game down to that's the only thing that's going to decide this football game, but I think it would be foolish to ignore the fact that it, it's going to have a very very large impact on the type of football game that we see. Um, You know, if there's personnel that goes along with coaching, I fully recognize that personnel is important. But Arizona's defensive game plan of this one is going to be a big deal just because of the way that Texas Tech operates on offense. And I I mentioned Alan Bowman because he's the guy that is going to get the most attention. But there's a couple other guys that you're going to hear the name of. Uh, Texas Tech will use mostly two running backs. Uh, different styles. Armand Shine is a transfer from Utah. Powerful, strong runner. Um, solid runner. Not not spectacular. Not not a guy that is going to run for 200 yards. Uh, but a solid back. And they'll try to establish the run with him early. And, and the other one, which I actually like quite a bit, is Tajon Henry. And they'll use him in more ways than Shine. Shine is a, is a prototypical straightforward running back. He's not a big threat, if a threat at all, in the receiving game. Henry is opposite. Uh, He's third on the team in receptions with 10, uh, and he's a guy where they're going to get him involved in the passing game. He's almost like a Michael Wiley type, where as a straight, true runner, he may not be all that astounding. I I think he's averaging like four yards per carry, but they'll bring him out wide. They'll use him as a wide receiver. They'll get the opposing linebackers out of the box, and before you know it, Henry has made an impact in the passing game. And, And so, again, Texas Tech isn't afraid uh, to run the ball. They have no issues running the ball. No, they're not going to go out and run, run, run and try to establish a run with, you know, five, six straight runs. They're going to take what Arizona gives them, but it's also not a deal where you're facing like a Cliff Kingsbury team and you just know they're not running and there's no need to respect the run if they break off of the occasional run, so be it. They're not going to stick to it. Uh, another guy that uh, I think Arizona fans have to, have to watch out for is Vosher on the outside, six six. Uh, wide receiver, really good, uh, mostly because of his size. I mean, he is a he's a big dude, <laughs> and uh, T.J. Vosher is six six, two ten. Uh, he, he's he plays basketball in high school at that size. Uh, obviously, he played basketball in high school. Uh, he's a guy where uh, Lorenzo Burns compared him to Sean Poindexter, where you know that Vosher's going to go up and get that vertical ball, just like you knew that if Khalil Tate threw it up to Poindexter, Poindexter was coming down with that vertical ball. Um, the issue is it's difficult to stop because Burns isn't the biggest guy. Whitaker isn't the biggest guy. They have to find ways to stop him. The best way, you assume it's to be physical, jam him out the line, use your hands a bit, try to get him to a point where he isn't comfortable getting that vertical ball, or at least that vertical ball is going to be much shorter than it could be. He has 12 catches in the first two, 150 yards, two touchdowns. Well on his way to the stats from last season, 54 catches, 687. He's not like uh, blazing speed, but he's a guy where find a way to slow him down and in talking to Lorenzo Burns uh, the way it sounds like they're slowing down is you just got to use his hand successfully uh, he's Bauman's top guy and if they can do that successfully and kind of get him off those rare they'll be much better for it uh, the other wide receiver to look out for is sophomore Dalton Rigdon 5'11 
170, so, so not a, a big guy. But if they, last year, three catches, 29 yards. So for the season, he already has 10 catches for 128 yards. Um, with kind of equal, like 60 yards in both games, I th- he scored against. He'll do the handoffs, the, the end arounds and things, so he'll probably get one or two carries. He's had some success with that. The pass catchers on the team, and after that, it's very similar uh, to Arizona. Xavier White, and um, one guy maybe to watch out for in this Arizona game is, is Dante Thompson. He's a 6'5". He wasn't necessarily healthy last year. Has come in. I think he has five catches so far this season. Uh, they, they have weapons. Uh, their biggest weapon is their pace. Um, something I like that David Yost does is he says that when they watch tape uh, as a coaching staff, there's usually one game a season where they see a defender tap out. And what he means by that is their pace is so fast that a guy says, I, I got to get out of the game. I can't do this anymore. And that's how fast they like to go. And they'll try to do the same thing this weekend. And ideally, uh, they get off a of play in seven to nine seconds. More realistically, it's 12 to 15 um, they did get off a couple plays against Utah within nine seconds. And so there's two things that Arizona has to do. And, and it's pretty self-explanatory. It might sound silly, but it, the best way to stop Temple is, is twofold. Number one, first down. Um, a lot of times what Tech does is they'll go quick on first, and then they'll change their personnel on offense. So, like with Arizona, you see the wide receivers, they usually use them for an entire drive, or they'll slow things down a little bit to change personnel if they have to. Texas Tech will go fast once they get the first down, and then try to change personnel. And so, if they have success on first down, they get like another first down, or get a situation where they're only a yard or or two short, they'll just go. If they're stopped on first down, where they only got a yard or two or no gain or whatever, that's when they slow it down a little bit and make their offensive personnel changes. So if you're Arizona and you slow down Texas Tech on first down, their offense changes dramatically. It's harder for them to run the tempo that they want. It's harder for them to get into an offensive rhythm. And the way that Texas Tech runs their offense, rhythm is everything. I mean, they want, they need, I should say, to get into an offensive rhythm. If they're unable to do it, a lot of the guys on their offense start looking a little bit more human because a lot of the success that Texas Tech has offensively is predicated on their tempo, getting the defense off uh, on their heels, things like that. And of course, uh, your another you know no crap statement of of the day is they have to be successful on third down. Arizona wasn't successful on third down against Hawaii. Well, NAU was like nine of fourteen on third down. If Arizona is bad on third down against Texas Tech, they lost this football game. Uh, I'm confident in saying that, that if they are unable to get Texas Tech off the field, they're going to lose. Uh, It's that simple. That might be the biggest key in the entire game, is making sure Texas Tech isn't able to extend drives. And that's just not defensively, because against NAU, it was stupid penalties by Christian Young, late hits by other guys, P.I., whatever it may be, that extended those drives. And when you take a look, NAU had six first downs off penalties and only five first downs from running the ball. That can't happen. Six first down from penalties is a crazy number. And if Arizona does that against a good team, a solid team like Texas Tech, it's going to lose the football game. So offensively, uh, Texas Tech is a dangerous team. I mean, it it, it all comes back down uh, to coaching for me and and personnel. These guys have to make sure uh, that they are doing their assignments, uh, that, that they are staying disciplined. 
And I will say that based on what I've heard from numerous sources, the feeling in practice this week uh, has been considerably different than uh, than it was going into the NAU week. So if you remember going into the NAU week, I posted on the message board that the attitude on the defense, uh, it wasn't good. Guys were blaming each other. No one was holding each other accountable, etc. This week, everyone has ramped it up. Uh, Kevin Sullivan, have to give him credit. He's been much more strict. Not saying he wasn't strict in the past, but it's it's just a different attitude. It starts with him, and it's kind of trickled down. He's a lot more strict. He, he's asking for a lot more discipline, and I think a big reason is is the penalties. And I think part of it, even if whether he'll admit it or not, is that he realizes that this is a big game for his career at Arizona and the program as a whole. But the good thing is the defense has taken a lot of accountability. Um, the word that we heard when we did interviews on Tuesday was pride. Tony Fields brought it up. Lorenzo Burns, uh, Tristan Cooper brought it up. And um, I, I pissed off a couple guys because uh, Matt Wells and, and Kevin Sumlin have insinuated this is going to be an offensive game. And uh, I, I asked the guys how they felt about that. And I asked Tony Fields, and I thought he was going to punch me. And uh, he's a really nice guy, so he wasn't going to punch me. But uh, he, he got pissed. I mean, you could visibly know, see that he wasn't happy. And he said, well, when we're done with this interview, I'm going back, and I'm going to tell the guys that both these coaches don't think we can stop each other. And – I think the defense, what is good about them and their mentality this week is they realize this isn't necessarily only about winning football games. Yeah, that's the most important thing, but these guys have to have some pride. I think after a while, when you hear everything that's being said about you on radio and TV and this podcast and, and you're reading it on Twitter and message boards and things like that and your friends are talking to you and they're saying how crappy you are, it, it comes down to pride. Eventually, you either have pride or... Or you don't. And for these defensive guys, uh, I think they do have pride. I just don't think necessarily they've leaned on it enough. And I don't know if it's going to impact what we see on Saturday. But I know that um, they're saying the right things in regards to having pride going out there and trying to win this football game. So the defense is, is far and away the biggest storyline for me going into this game on Saturday. Now... Of course, the defense is irrelevant if the offense can't score uh, the football. I, I think Arizona is going to be able to score points. Uh, wh what I find interesting is that Matt Wells hired Keith Patterson at Utah State, and he, he, he's not a guy where he's had a lot of success. Uh, there was a seven- or eight-year period where he was at uh, Pitt, ASU and West Virginia and his best numbers were like in the last 10 years or whatever it was uh, it, it, were good at Pitt now that's the Big East and the best they did was 38th in scoring defense um, again keep in mind that the Big East was terrible back then so then he goes to West Virginia in 2012 and West Virginia ranks 112th total defense 117th scoring first season whatever. the next season the only three defense is 102nd in defense and 99th in scoring so we're still uh, among the worst defense in the country from there, he goes to ASU from 2014 to 2016. Before he was familiar with ASU, I had a felt bad. Uh, Patterson was not successful at all at ASU. Uh, 105th in total defense, 93rd in scoring defense, uh, as an average in the three years he was there. Okay, so this isn't a situation where you're like, man, Keith Patterson's a great coach. Arizona's in trouble. You know, if he's going to come up with a great game plan. I think Arizona knows Keith Patterson's game plan because he's run a similar defense pretty much everywhere he's not. And that's that they're going to be aggressive. And my guess is that they run blitz quite a bit. They try to take away Arizona's run. And they're going to force Khalil Tate to throw the ball. And teams have tried it. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't work. I, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I, I think there's there's good and bad with that if you're Texas Tech. If Texas Tech takes away the run 
from Arizona, obviously that's a huge deal for Arizona offensively. Things aren't going to go as well as, say, when Arizona would establish the run with J.J. Taylor, Gary Brightwell, etc. Um, that's going to put a lot of pressure on Khalil Tate. That's probably something that Arizona doesn't necessarily want. With that being said, what that will do if they run blitz is it'll open up the perimeter. And so if Arizona's offensive line is able to pick up those run blitzes, uh, where Texas Tech usually what they do is they'll rush three uh, down linemen, but then they'll bring linebackers up uh, to the line and then bring safeties as far in as the box. And so what you're now allowing is one-on-one over the top. And so what's going to happen is if Arizona's offensive line can do its job and hold its position against the Texas Tech Blitz, those deep balls that Khalil Tate likes so much, they're going to be there, and they're going to be there often. Guys like Jamari Joyner, Brian Castile, Tavion Cunningham. To me, Tavion Cunningham is as important as anyone on, uh, on offense because he's a guy where if Arizona can pick up the Blitz, you're going to see Cunningham get open deep. He's too fast. And so they're going to run vertical routes with Cunningham. They're going to try to get him out in open space. And, and he could be a, a very legitimately big part of this offense this weekend. So to me, uh, the first thing that Arizona is going to need to do is it's going to come down to winning that battle in the trenches. Arizona's offensive line has to do its job. If it's allowing Texas Tech to successfully blitz, that changes everything for Arizona's offense. And it's it's not going to be pretty. Uh, Noel Mazzoni is a better offensive coach than Keith Patterson is a defensive coach. Just like most people would say, David Yost is a better offensive coach than Marcel Yates is a defensive coach. Uh, Arizona has the the uh, advantage when it's offensive defense, and Texas Tech has the advantage offensive defense also. So what Noel Mazzoni is going to want to do is really attack the perimeter of Texas Tech. So if Texas Tech is going on with the, those run blitzes, you're going to see a lot of those two-back sets where uh, Michael Wiley or Taylor, whoever it is, Brightwell, will go out wide or go in motion and try to get a linebacker or a safety out of the box and open things up a little bit. You'll see a lot of bubble screens probably uh, to guys like Cunningham, Brian Castile, etc., where it's almost like a run play where Arizona tries to get four or five yards on first down with those quick bubbles, and Texas Tech will do the same thing. And you'll see Mazzoni do what he can to try to get Arizona's playmakers the ball, the ball in space. And, and so Texas Tech... Uh, isn't a bad defensive team, but I don't think they're any better than uh, they're any better than what we've seen um, so far. And maybe they're a little better than Hawaii defensively. They're obviously better than NAU. But when I say so far, I mean I don't really like look at Texas Tech defense and say, "Oh man, that's that's the best defense that Khalil Tate's faced in two years or whatever." Khalil Tate has faced better defenses than Texas Tech. He's faced similar styles. Uh, as Texas Tech. So this isn't going to be anything crazy new to Arizona. Uh, there's a couple guys defensively um, that I think will probably get mentioned quite a bit on uh, on Saturday and guys that you kind of have to look out for. Uh, the big one is Jordan Brooks at linebacker. He's a guy, big dude, 6'1", 245. Uh, he, he's going to be the guy that is going to be responsible for kind of shadowing Khalil Tate and getting in there and being the first um, kind of going back to three straight games. He's the leader of the linebacker. 
legitimately good player. He's second on the team with tackles. They rely on their linebackers to really run blitz and get those. They'll be asked to make quite a few plays. The one thing is, as much as Tech blitzes, they haven't. Montana State, I think they only had a, a couple against UTEP, if that. Uh, they're not. Uh, Eli Howard on the end, 6'4", 275. He's a guy who has 20 career starts. They're, they're going to rely on him to get to the quarterback off the edge. Uh, Nick McCann, when you look at the defensive line, Eli Howard is the guy whose name that you're going to hear uh, some solid quarters. Uh, Desmond Smith is, came off the bench and played pretty well uh, against UTEP. You got owner Zach McPherson. He's 5'11", uh, 195. He's a Penn State transfer. He's played uh, pretty well. Uh, what's interesting is that they are confident because Adrian Fry, who's a sophomore, was a freshman All-American at corner. And it's kind of weird, Smith, to believe that Fry can be an effective safety, and he's played fine this season, but he also hasn't been really It's pretty big. Uh, McCann on the inside is 310 pounds. I mentioned the linebackers are pretty Texas Tech has uh, impressive defensive numbers because the competition that they face so far this year is it- I mean, NAU would give UTEP, I, I'm not exaggerating, sorry Dana Dimmel, but UTEP might be the worst team in college football. If not, it's bottom five, for sure. Like, I'm, I'm extremely confident in saying that. Uh, it is not a good football team in any way, shape, or form. Um, and, and so it's difficult to watch film on the first two games and come away saying, man, Texas Tech is really good offensively, really good defensively, super improved. They might be, but I don't think that you can get that feeling uh, on based off a, uh, based off the first two games. It's it just it, good team, sure. Dominant team like they've shown in two games, I think that's a little too far. And uh, that, that kind of... One thing I've noticed in my belief is that I think Arizona fans are are kind of overrating Texas Tech a bit, and I get it. I, I'm not even I'm not mad at it or anything like that. I get it. I mean, you watch Arizona's first two games, and you assume that Arizona's going to lose to any decent opponent. Uh, I just think that people are overrating Texas Tech. I mean, this is a middle level Pac-12 team. If Texas Tech was in the Pac-12, they'd be a middle level Pac-12 team. Um, and for some reason, in the lead-up to the game, you go on the message boards, and again, maybe I'm wrong. Um, you're seeing predictions where Arizona loses by, like, three touchdowns at least. And maybe they do, you know? But I, I don't think that they do. Um, it, it's just it's a situation where, like, we've built, people have built Texas Tech as this dominant force coming into Tucson. And how will Arizona ever beat the Texas Tech Red Raiders with their unbelievable offense and their superb defense. It is a solid football team. They are not unbeatable by any means. Arizona can very much win this football game. The only issue that keeps coming up for me when I think about this football game and who I'm going to predict is do I trust Arizona's defense enough to make the necessary stops? And I keep thinking and I keep trying to find a way to answer that question, yes, but I can't do it. There's just, I, I don't trust the defense to make enough stops in this football game for me to pick Arizona. I think it's close. Um, I, I'm just going to get out of the way, but my prediction is Texas Tech 42, Arizona 38. Uh, so take the over. I think the over is uh, 77. But um, it, it's a situation where, you know, the, the spread in this game is only two points. It started at four. And it moved to two already because 
Again, I, I don't think Texas Tech is as good of a team as people uh, locally, at least, are making them out to be. But it's a matter of do you trust Arizona's defense? And you're going to be hard-pressed to find someone that says, absolutely, I trust Arizona's defense. I think this defense can get enough stops to win this football game. If Arizona's defense was just a smidge better, especially with the safeties, I think it's the safeties that really bother me more than the pass rush right now because I think Texas Tech is going to take more deep shots against the man coverage than it has in the first two games because in the first two games it didn't really need to. But the safeties bother me. If Scotty Young can play better, he's played awful the first two games of the season. Uh, if Scotty Young can play better, if Jackson Turner is better, if Tristan Cooper is better, and, and when he's playing in pass coverage, if those guys play a strong game, Arizona's probably going to beat Texas Tech. Uh, the problem is I haven't seen enough in those first two games for me to trust Arizona's defense. And so my level of trust in Arizona's defense directly correlates to, uh, to me thinking – that Arizona is going to lose this football game. And I, I do think it's going to be close. I think the spread is two points for a reason because these teams are, are evenly matched. And uh, it, it's going to be a good football game. Uh, I think the only result that would surprise me is if Arizona ran Texas Tech off the field. I think Arizona's defense is not good enough to the point where if the offense starts off slow, I could see Texas Tech winning by a couple touchdowns. Uh, if... Arizona wins a close game. Texas Tech wins a close game. I think that's the most likely two scenarios. The one scenario that would surprise me is if Arizona finds a way to put it all together and dominate Texas Tech. But uh, I don't really get excited for Arizona football games anymore, not because I don't enjoy watching them, but because I've been doing this for so long um, that I've seen a lot of football with Arizona. Um, But this game really intrigues me. I mean, it really does, because I think that there's so much at stake and so many questions. I think there's a lot of guys that it's like they're put up or shut up moment. Guys like Marcel Yates on the coaching staff. I think Mazzoni has to call a good game. I think it's a big game for Sumlin. I think there's guys like Scotty Young, individual players, who it's put up or shut up time. Khalil Tate is another guy where he's put up some nice numbers. He's had success in the past, but they're going to blitz, and they're going to blitz with no respect for Khalil Tate's passing game. So this is a game where if he could sit back and pass a little bit, he's going to shut up a lot of people. And so I'm legitimately excited to see this football game. I think it's one of the better football games on the slate this weekend. There's not uh, two ranked teams playing. I think it's a big weekend for the Pac-12 overall just because of ASU, Michigan State, UCLA. You know, they'll probably lose by 500 to Oklahoma, but maybe they could put a respectable game. Washington trying not to become the third Pac-12 team to lose to Hawaii. There's some big Pac-12 football, and and I would put Arizona versus Texas Tech right up there uh, with any of them. So, it's going to be an intriguing game. I'm picking Texas Tech 42-38, to but I have a feeling we're going to have a lot to talk about after the game on this same podcast. Uh, so once again, I appreciate you for joining me. I'm Jason Shear, Senior Editor of Wildcat Authority, and this has been the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. 